Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. Since our last movie show, the 91st Academy Awards, also known as the Oscars, has come and gone. Jason, you watched it live, and I believe you've prepared a summary of the evening. I did. I sat down and I typed this up. Yeah, it was an interesting night. Um, with no host, meant the show did not run over time for the first time ever. Um, and we weren't left sitting through, you know, those dull, forced jokes that they always do. Um, every category was presented live, um, not during the ad breaks, and there was definitely no popular film category, which is what they were toying with the idea of. So that's interesting. Then no host actually worked for you. It just flowed like the the announce the presenters of the awards or whatever thing they were doing next just sort of came out on stage. There was a like an, a voice of a narrator that was like now presenting blah blah blah. Was it that just some person or was that actually? It was an a guy. Actor I didn't write or... his name down. It was okay. you know someone of talent. You know. They're... But you're right. though, you do get the presenters that come out and they've. More often than not, they've got chemistry and... You yeah, know. you know, they, you know, whether it be like a scripted little skit or something, but everyone's kind of did their thing, but nothing was too hammy. It felt pretty good, like... So as we all know, it was originally set to be Kevin Hart. Yeah. So it wasn't missed for you? Nah, I don't okay. think you needed it. I mean, it was halfway through the show and I was like, oh yeah, there's no host. <laughs> I honestly thought at the last minute they were going to make a, an announcement or they were just going to have someone show up on the night. But yeah, I just I say, like, no host. Uh, we had Queen and Adam Lambert opening the show. Uh, they performed We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. Um, but it was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's performance of Shallow from A Star Is Born that stole the show. Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. They're talking about their chemistry between the two, spreading rumours, as people like to do. But if you think about it, actors. Yeah, they're acting. <laughs> and They acted in that movie and they are recreating that. They performed live. On the night. Act, yeah, absolutely. But um, that is, sorry, that is the clip that I've seen more than any other clip from the Oscars. Which you're you're looking at each other and just talking eyes. about it. Yeah, they're acting for and sure. It's, it's a good clip, you know. They, they, it's a good performance. If they're hell good friends after the end of this, like, good on them for sure. But you know, yeah, they're good. They're fine. Did you see the movie? Nah, man. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I almost did, but I went with Crazy Rich Asians instead. Oh, well, that's a good movie. It I, is a good movie. I'd recommend that one. Me too. Okay. As always, the night included an in-memoriam uh, tribute in which the Los Angeles Philharmonic performed Leaving Home by John Williams, and that's from Superman the Movie. So that was really nice, um, obviously somber to what the... Hang on, what do you mean? From Superman the Movie? It's a, it's a, it's a score track. Oh, is it really? So it's a John Williams track from Superman the Movie that they performed during the, you know, the slideshow they play. And I the did watch the, the that... in-memoriam part. And you're a big Superman fan here. Missed that completely. I appreciate you pointing that out. <laughs> but you just reminded me. I mean, you did watch the whole night. Yep. I watched parts on YouTube. Uh, just watch clips. That's that's fun. So I may have seen parts <laughs> of what you're going to be talking now, about. Now, it's weird to say the whole night. It was like nine o'clock in the morning <laughs> for me. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody took out the most awards. Uh, four um, on the night, including Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing and Best Actor with Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury, of course. Um, we even got a Wayne's World reunion with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey presenting on stage together. So that was really fun. I did see Malek accept his reward. Award, even. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your reward, sir. <laughs> but it was after that, wasn't it, that he fell off the stage? Uh, yeah, and I then heard he, that And happened, then he recovered yeah. and carried on with the night. Yeah, it happened. Usually it happens to, like, you know... Ladies in big dresses. Tripping but... over the dress, yeah. yeah. But I didn't get to see Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. 
Was they, it good? They came on screen on 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 stage, sorry, and the first thing they said was, "We are not worthy." Nailed it. That's yeah, all they need to say. They, that's all they need to say. Uh, Marvel Studios film Black Panther also did well on the evening, scoring three awards, including best costume design, best production design, and best original score. Uh, I'm pretty happy with 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 that movie, you know, winning those awards. As long as it didn't touch the best picture, I'm fine. There was no way it was gonna happen. Just my two cents. Um, best original song, however, went to Shallow from A Star Is Born. We've all heard the song. We've we have radios. Um, best visual effects went to First Man. So that actually beat nominees such as Avengers: Infinity War, Christopher Robin, Ready Player One, and Solo. The more time passes on watching Ready Player One. Just makes me think how I just dislike it more and more. <laughs> the more removed I, I am away from that movie, I just I really do not like it. I didn't think that's where we would go with this, but Avengers, man, like the effects in that movie. Yeah, they had phenomenal effects, but Ready Player One. Yeah, no, oh. I mean that probably shouldn't have even have been nominated. Um, the Pixar short uh, Bow won Best Animated Short Film, uh, whilst the Crown of Best Animated Feature Film went to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, and I'm stoked. Um, we both agree that was. Greatly a deserved. fantastic animated movie for the year. But I was reading something, and it's some, it was along the lines of, I think the last maybe, I don't know, 12, 13 years, all but one best picture was Disney. And then Spider-Man's come along. So oh, pretty much in terms year, of animated films. So over 10, over 10 years, yeah, it's just the, been Disney. The first, uh, it was like Shrek was the first they first animated, best animated film or whatever. That wasn't called. a Disney one. But yeah, but Disney have pretty much ruled every year. It's all the Pixar's and stuff, isn't That's it? That's what does yeah. it. Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, greatly deserved. Um, Black Klansman took out Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, we, had, we had Samuel Jackson. He was overly thrilled to present the award to longtime friend Spike Lee. I did see, see Spike Lee jump up on him, wrap his legs around oh, Jackson. Was, <laughs> it was lovely. Um, whilst Green Book claimed Best Original Screenplay. Okay, Best Supporting Actress went to Regina King for playing Sharon Rivers in If Bill Street Could Talk. Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali for playing Don Shirley in Green Book. And Best Actress, Olivia Coleman for playing Anne, Queen of Great Britain in The Favourite. Really happy for Olivia Coleman. I go all the way back to Peep Show, Hot Fuzz. Always been a fan of hers. Although it was interesting how they put the categories together. Because she's actually a supporting actress in the movie, mm. yet her co-stars, so you've like got Emma Stone, Emma Stone, and, and the other one, <laughs> Rachel Weisz. Cool. They were actually co-leads, but they were nominated for best supporting actresses she, that they yeah. didn't win. So it's odd, isn't it? It's a, it's a tricky one, and I don't know how they break it down. But they sometimes do it, don't they? Because Olivia Coleman maybe wouldn't have walked away with an award if she was well, in it. best supporting actress. But again, I am really happy for um, Alfonso Curion received the award for Best Director for his film Roma. Not the first time for him. Um, Roma also received the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. And this was a Netflix release. It and is. Have you heard that Spielberg's not happy? Well, his arguments, I kind of, I kind of go along with. It. You know, it's he's saying like, these movies are being made for small screens. They're being made for television. Therefore, aren't they? TV movies, and the quali- the qualification yeah. for an Oscar nomination is, um, I think, a theatrical run of like ten days or something. But Netflix, like that. They, they do often give, and this movie was included in it, a limited theatrical run, mm. which which you know qualifies. 
But it's it's where we're going though, isn't it? Like people, it's a, instead it's, of it's watching, a weird argument, and I'm not yeah. really sure where I sit with it. But I get his arguments, and he's old school, you know. Like, no, he, he is, he is. But it's where it's where media's going. Like, yes, someone may choose to watch a movie on on the big screen at the cinema. That's what we'd like to do. But then you've got younger generations; they're more than happy to just watch the movie on the phone. And there's still movies. I suppose, a movie right? is a movie. But anyway, he's not happy. <laughs> he's, not, he's not happy. Um, but then it all came down to Julia Roberts presenting the best picture um, with eight nominees. A Star is Born, Black Panther, Blank Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favourite, Green Book, Roma and Vice. Um, the final Oscar for best picture went to Green Book. Um, quite happy with this one. Uh, Green Book is the biographical comedy drama film directed by Peter uh, Farrelly. Set in 1962, the film is inspired by the true story of a tour of the Deep South by Jamaican-American classical and jazz pianist Don Shirley. That's uh, played by Mahersha Ali, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and Italian-American bouncer Tony Vallelonga, played by Vigo Mortensen, who served as Shirley's driver and bodyguard. So that was the winner. Took it out. Have you seen Green Book? Yes. I haven't, but I really want to. I think it looks like a really yeah. good movie. There's only a couple. I mean, like, I didn't end up watching Roma. I didn't watch A Star Is Born. Um, but out of the ones that I did, Green Book was my pick. So okay. Yeah. I, yeah. And it I does think, look good. I, so mean, I will watch it. Falling into sort of how the Academy has been in the past, you know, like, you kind of find these typical movies that fit the sort of mold of what they're after. And it fitted that, but it's also a good movie as well. So it wasn't undeserved. Yeah, again, I will get around to watching it. I will say, though, I think the the Oscars in general this year is probably the most I've been interested. And it was just, I guess, what they were talking about going into it and then the nominees involved, whereas previous years, I don't know, it's just not really exciting. I used to watch it each year, and then I just went off it completely. The last time it was really good was the year Birdman won. And I think either the year before or after that, they had a good mix of best pictures as well, like lots of different sort of types of films. Um, I do think, this is just my opinion, that I think they did sway a little bit more into trying to include a lot of films that sort of address different minorities and stuff like that. So they might be swaying more into a different direction, maybe too far. We'll see how we go next year if they're still sort of pushing any sort of agenda. But again, just my opinion and don't want to get too political. So let's... It'd be curious to see if they stick with no host. I'm happy with that. This seems to have been a success. Save some money. (laughs) All right, we'll jump into the trailer talk, I guess. So we've been talking about a lot of movies we probably wouldn't have brought up otherwise. So yeah. let's talk X-Men. <laughs> Familiar yes. territory. We got the second full trailer for X-Men Dark Phoenix. Do you remember the first one? Well, the first one, from memory, was setting up a slightly different movie. And that's why... Well, it was still... It was still Dark Phoenix. It was Dark Phoenix, but I think... A lot of things have been happening behind the scenes, and I'm more interested in this movie. Like yes. this looks like. Did you watch this trailer? Yes. Right. Okay. So I, I thought I'd be here talking about this trailer <laughs> all by myself. Because I had a big idea. They're not really pulling any any punches <laughs> on this. They're like saying this is our movie, and they're they they're are also doing a. This is happening. We're kind of not telling you, but we are like. And a they're certain just, character. And they're just calling this movie Dark Phoenix, which is interesting. Mm. They're not even mentioning X-Men. So what has been happening since they first... Well, from the very beginning, we've had Jean Grey, who is embracing the darkness, which is the Dark Phoenix. 
and that's still happening here but we're getting to see more of the darker side of Jean Grey I mean we saw it years ago in X-Men Last Stand and have you seen the poster when it's got the two halves of Jean Grey we've got one half that looks like the Jean Grey that we know from Apocalypse and that's the first time we saw it yeah, like, in Apocalypse the X-Men yeah. but then but then you look at the other half of Jean Grey in the poster and she's wearing the same outfit that Jean Grey wore in The Last Stand, which I thought was quite interesting. I thought they'd maybe want to distance themselves yeah, like... a bit more from that movie. But there's a death in this trailer, which is mind-blowing. On one hand, I'm okay with it because, and you know, I guess it's a spoiler warning, but a lot of people would have watched that trailer. Mystique dies not only in the movie, she dies in the opening of this trailer. The first trailer they put out there, we saw a funeral, but we didn't know who it was for. Mm. Not only does it highlight that it's Mystique in this trailer, director Simon Kinberg has come out and confirmed it. It's official. He just come out and said it. So that's obviously the smallest part of this movie. And you can tell as soon as Mystique shows up and you see the effort they've gone to with the blue paint compared to it previous looks movies. Simple. It looks pretty simple. They've... They've not gone to town on it. They've yeah. given a basic... she got a patch job. You know, I they mean, just put a bit of blue. She's a shapeshifter, so if she you know, wanted to hide a few speckles on her face, she can do that. <laughs> but if they're going to get her for limited screen time... Yeah. And I'm blanking on the actress's name. Jennifer Lawrence. That's her. Come on. Yeah, I know. One of the biggest actresses so, on the planet. Can we assume that she probably just wants out? Like, she's just not interested. She's just... You reckon maybe... Well, this been is, her choice. Like, oh, this is going to be it. Like, X-Men's done. Yeah. What I will say, I'm glad they showed a lot in this trailer because I wasn't interested. Now I am. It's, it's, it's an interesting sort of pull because they're obviously trying to sell a product. And I know a lot of people in the back of their heads, they're like, you know, oh, who cares? What does it matter? You know, we're moving on from this after this movie. But at the same time, I'm like, I think a lot of people should just be able to embrace the fact, you know, much like one and done movies, you know, take Logan. We knew that was an end of a chapter. But they can do that with this movie because maybe, you know, the... You know, everyday movie-going audience wouldn't know hmm. what's happening with Disney buying Fox and all of that. So they're just watching it as a movie. But for us, we know that this is the last one. So really, anything could happen. They could all die. And that's because kind of exciting There's as well, nothing after this. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want them to all die. But, I mean, if they did it... <laughs> but it is a weird feeling. I've, so I've got that going to... Okay, so they've showed me a good trailer here. I'm just going to watch this movie for this movie. Professor X is going to die in a, a good movie. <laughs> but I'm just hoping for you that it can live up to the five-star masterpiece <laughs> that is X-Men Apocalypse. Honestly. I'm expecting six out of five. We have recorded a lot of reviews doing this podcast over the years, and that was one of my f- most favourite experiences when you gave X-Men Apocalypse five out of five. It's because you were so happy that I had done it. You were thrilled. Let's talk Hellboy. <laughs> In this trailer, Hellboy learns about his origin and he prepares for a big evil threat. And it's the Blood Queen, played by Miller Djokovic. I'll tell you, I, the trailer that I'd seen before this one, I'd seen it. First time I'd seen it was um, in a at a cinema on a big on the big screen, and I was like, "Oh damn, I'm actually really interested and keen on this on this new Hellboy." This one sort of diminished it a little bit. There's a lot of sort of CGI monsters. I mean, I like the fact that they've shied away from the style that. You know, Glimmer the Toro brought when he did his attempt at the movies. So I like the this. I like um, what's his name? He's playing David Harbour. David Harbour, yeah, I like his performance. You know what he's bringing to it. But overall, I'm like, ah, it looks. It just looks like a bunch of stuff happening, and I don't know. It wasn't really grasped. But it's a trailer though, so it's just yeah, a bunch I of mean, stuff well, happening. That's 
That's it. I liked that first trailer, and I loved this new trailer. You love it. You now, love it. we found out shortly before the release of this new trailer, which is R-rated, the movie's R-rated. Mm. So, okay, so already that's going to distance itself from those two Del Toro Hellboy movies. And I loved them, and I would have loved for him to have finished his trilogy. But here we are, we're getting this new one, and it looks good. I, I like the design of Hellboy. You can see the actor's face. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it's an interesting Hellboy design. himself, I and mean, everything that's sort of happening there is, I'm on board with. It's just, I don't know, maybe I need a, a it's weird coming from me, but I think I need a plot trailer to and, really yeah. get me tied into it. Well, they've obviously, the, I mean, it's an R-rated trailer, isn't it? They've purposely, like, let's show them some of the hardcore scenes yeah, that we have true. in this movie. So it's almost like, just like the showing off a reel instead of a trailer. But it, it looks it looks good, and I'm, I'm into it. I really want to see this one. Okay, now a bit of our TV trailer. We've got The Tick Season 2. So what's this going to be? Ten episodes coming April. So just like the Netflix model, Amazon Prime gives you all of them Allow on the same day. Allow you to binge it. Allow you to binge it. But, I'm, but saying that, that first season, we got it, really enjoyed it, and then got to the end, and there was a cliffhanger. And then for Sounds Like Comics, we did a podcast covering the whole season. And then it was announced that that was actually part one of season one. And then they later released part two, and I didn't really enjoy it. Right. It had its moments, but... So where did like, where did the where did part two leave off? We would... Well, part one of season one, it would just you know they they were coming up against the terror. You had Tick and Arthur, and it was just a big cliffhanger. And it would have been a nice way to have left it, and then just the conclusion to that, it was just not as engaging. It, I don't know. So it left me not as interested. But then these new tra- new trailers come around, and it looks really good. The trailer promises new villains. We've got new heroes. Like you've seen the trailer. Yeah, but I don't know who's We've, a villain, who's a hero. Like, well, they're I introducing mean, <laughs> new characters to the show that aren't necessarily adapted. There's from a lot of the comics. What I see is there's a lot of supers. Uh, there's people with powers or gadgets that give them sort of powers. So it looks like a lot the, of fun. You've got a villain um, from the first one. She's got the electrical powers, and she gets an upgrade or a new costume. Okay, yeah. Uh, you've got so the Tick, Arthur, Dot, who is Arthur's sister, Overkill, who is a previous hero with a new identity that we found out in season one, Superion, who's like the big hero of the series or of, of the world. But we will be getting more new characters, like the guy who's almost like Mr. Fantastic, and he's got the wobbly arm and he's just shaking hands with the Tick. I had a chuckle. So there's, <laughs> there's some humour in there, but it is interesting how... They're shying away from not using the established characters from the comics, like Batman Well and American Made. You know, we saw these characters in the cartoon and in the live action show with oh, his name. Who is he? He plays Joe Swanson on, on Family Guy. <laughs> Who is he? Oh my god. He's the narrator on a, a series of unfortunate events. I really like the guy, but I'm blanking. Patrick Wahlberg. Yes. <laughs> Did you know the whole time? <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, he played the tick in the live action show. Yes. Anyway, that show and the animated show had established heroes and villains from the comics, but they're not doing that here. Anyway, we'll, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> but the trailer, it's given me hope and it looks good. My opinion looks like goofball fun. So, you know, that is, that's right. Yep. That is absolutely right. We've got the Twilight Zone, as this is um, 
that Jordan Peele produced, <laughs> created, I don't know. It's a Jordan Peele of Key and Peele fame. Yeah. You may know him as the writer-director of Get Out. A lot of people seem to know him from that. And he is a producer on the new Twilight Zone, but he's also the narrator. Which and you cool. see him as well. There's a, there's a clip in the trailer towards the end. Like and a you see him in a diner. Yeah. So I really like that. That he's involved. I like from this from this trailer. I like that. No, there's no context to anything. Let me give you some. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Whoa. Because we're seeing a lot of famous faces in this trailer. Yeah. Okay. So we see bits of Adam Scott who will experience the nightmare at thirty thousand feet. We see Sana Lathan who will take on a time loop in Rewind. John Chow, Alison Tolman, and Jacob Tremblay appear in glimpses of the episode, which is The Wonder Kid, and I believe that's the one where the parents do whatever the kid wants because he can make them teleport. You know the Simpsons? The yeah, they were the yeah, home of the jack-in-the-box. So <laughs> the, it seems like they're going straight away to some of the more popular Twilight Zone episodes. Right. But I'm completely okay with that because this is a show that I watched years ago as a kid and I really enjoyed it. But if I'm being honest... I'm not going to go back and watch them. So them doing them again and, you know, we contemporary actors, I'm completely on board with it. Yeah, I'm very keen for this. And like I said, there's a lot of just a lot of different things, but the visuals look cool. I don't understand anything that I'm seeing, but it looks well made, well crafted. It looks like there's a bit of a budget into it as well. So yeah. And after that trailer, there was another casting announcement. Seth Rogen. Cool. He's going to be in an episode. And he is a big fan of the show. And, th- and I'm finding that as well, reading about people who are appearing in it, they love it. Like They're big fans of the Twilight Zone, yeah. so when they're being asked, hey, do you want to do an episode of this new version, everyone's just signing up. And probably, I think that's why they're getting big names. It's probably a lot of, a lot of our guys would have been watching them when, you know, when they were kids, or you know, their parents got them to watch you know, reruns and stuff of them. And they have been rerun, like, I'm assuming a lot more in America than I guess here throughout the years. So yeah, people are definitely bored. And they can just come in, do one episode... That's it. And that's it. I mean, it's an anthology series. You're right. One and done. So it's essentially a 45 minute to an hour movie each week. Very cool. We don't yet know where it's going to be available for us in Australia. My hope, this is on CBS All Access in the States. Their first, uh, the first show they had was Star Trek Discovery. Which in, here in Australia was on Netflix. So my hope is that we will also get The Twilight Zone on Netflix. I just hope it doesn't fall into like, you know how... Is it CBS that own Network 10 in Australia now? Or they have... Oh, but if they do, though, that's free to air, so that's fine. Yeah, well, unless they, but put, I'd like unless they put it on that all 10 access thing where you have to pay 10 bucks a month or something. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they don't is, is that a thing? That's a is thing. That a thing? Yeah. We'll, um, we'll talk about that off air. Oh, okay. I ain't getting it. Um, on to movie news. <laughs> I didn't know this was supposed to be a thing, but... Will Smith will not be returning as Deadshot in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I kind of... I didn't think I, he was. I kind of assumed. Yeah, we, we talked about this. You know, obviously they want to branch out. Soft of, reboot. Margot Robbie's coming back. Like, that was news that she was coming back. New, not necessarily recasting characters, but bringing in new characters. Yeah, so there's still canical, like, connections. But it was a big announcement that due to scheduling conflicts... Smith will not return. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought the news would have been he is returning. I do think, so, yeah. along with Margot Robbie, he was one of the better things about that movie that I don't really like. 
So it would have been nice if he came back. <laughs> well, that's but it. But I'm open to James Gunn coming in, writing, directing, and just doing his own thing. Yeah, and getting... just maybe just deep diving on DC villains. Just go real, real yeah, bizarre. Just go obscure. Like, just go for your life and then just kill them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they've got bombs in the next. Like, you know, let's have them, you know, going, you know, it's the Suicide Squad. Expect casualties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because Harley Quinn, she's going to be fine. That bomb is not going off. It's going to be fine. Um, we've got the Aquaman sequel. We've got a release date. Well, month. Uh, December 2022. Cool. It's a bit of a way away. It is. You reckon, we'll get, we'll you reckon get too the, long um, or just about right? Well, we'll get the trench before then, Helene. <laughs> <laughs> the horror spin-off. Yeah, that'll take like... They'll film that in like three months. I am surprised the success that they've had with Aquaman that they're giving it this long between movies. Mm. So, I, I mean... But what's... 20, oh, it's the end of 2020. Yeah, that's... It is. It's Christmas that's again. That's three years... Four? Three years? Yeah. Four, four years. 2018. Yeah, yeah. like, we're at the four start years. of this year. Yeah, that's weird. That is that is a long time, isn't it? I mean, it's... That is a long time. That That is... You know, I think that's too long. Even... I'd I, have said three years. Even tops. Man of Steel to BVS wasn't that long. And this is a planned sequel. Like they didn't necess- They didn't plan... I mean, they were planning Man of Steel 2, and then BVS happened. Yeah. This is a plan they've had. Okay, look how successful Aquaman is. Let's put another one out in four years. That's odd. But maybe they just... They can only make so many movies, and And they're trying to get different characters out there. But this is their most successful movie that I'm really surprised. Maybe this is even more so why... Looking at the trench, you know, so we're going to get the Aquaman world, but it's weird. To sort of tie you over until, yeah, it's it's odd. But talking about delays, holy crap. The New Mutants. Where the hell is this movie? Oh, wow. When was this due out? You know those... 2016? (laughs) This was due out last year. So it was due out 2018 with Dark Phoenix. Right. So last year, we were supposed to get three X-Men movies. Deadpool 2... New Mutants and Dark Phoenix, and we got one of them, and it was good. <laughs> it was Deadpool 2, of course. Okay, so we heard about extensive reshoots that were happening. You know, they were going to be introducing a whole new character, and because it went down it went down so well with audiences, the horror elements, you know, so you've got like the Haunted Asylum, we've got that creepy trailer. They really want to build on that So the studio more, yeah. wanted to increase that. Those reshoots... Haven't yet happened, which is insane because we talked about this (laughs) mid last year. Like we were talking about this and there's still not happened yet. So you've got to think, I mean, how many characters are we talking? Like you've got maybe five. Is it all scheduling? Is that all? It's very weird. But you know what? There's there's more. (laughs) There's rumors that the film might end up having its premiere on either Disney Plus or Hulu. And not the big screen. Okay. We've talked already about Dark Phoenix being the last official X-Men movie. Yep. Of the Fox period, or the Fox time. So it sounds like if they, maybe if they're talking about just putting it on a streaming service, maybe they're just going to release it as is and not worry about the reshoots. Because it is going to get released. There's no reason why they would never release it. Like, it's made, they put money into it. But it's disappointing if if they end up having to release the version that they weren't happy with. 
Yeah. Let's just yeah. put it on TV. Yeah, let's not spend any more money. But if they try to put it forward for an award, Spielberg's not having it. <laughs> he is not having it. But yes, the New Mutants, what the hell? Like, you remember when it was first announced? It's like, it's X-Men, but, but it's, it's like got a, a smaller movie. budget. It's yeah. horror. Everything it's like a haunted house. great. And that yeah. first trailer And the cast. Anya Taylor-Joy. you got the older brother. They're all 10 years things. older now, aren't they? Like, <laughs> the, the thing is, the age they are, I think they're probably In... early 20s. Yeah. But you, now they're like 30. You age quickly. <laughs> like, you know, when you're that age. So they will look different. So the if they did reshoot things, like Maisie Williams is like, is she? She's in, in it, isn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. a wolf spine. She <laughs> she's, a, she's a, a werewolf mutant person. <laughs> yeah, she's like forty now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is very bizarre. It is very bizarre. But that's potentially what's going to happen late this year. They'll put it on Hulu. I can't see them putting it on Disney Plus because that... they seem to be reserving that for Marvel Studios. TV production. They don't want to like be, low key. Yeah, they don't want to confuse Scarlet Witch. So I think they'll yet. they'll put it on Hulu. They're already airing Runaways on there. I, side note: Are you watching Runaways season two? I'm on episode three. Okay, so first two episodes didn't really catch me as you know the first season did. So I'm so just taking away. Slowly. There's two things. Not really spoilers, but I've almost finished. I've got two episodes left. But there's one of the characters I'm blanking on his name is the guy with the glasses the black guy he is yeah, the, you know, guy. the nerdy guy that's okay blanking on his name but he mentions Wakanda okay that's cool because this is okay. said to be Marvel Studios world yeah but they don't they never call it out there's an episode where Nico remember her name she's using the staff and then she's pushing herself to the limits and all around her eyes it's the effects they used in Doctor Strange, which I thought was very cool. Well, the staff is... The connection there... It is. The magic but side we'd of we've seen things. her using the staff, but again, it's like they're showing us that it's connected to the movies with a visual. I really liked that. It was yeah. the same effect that Mads Mikkelsen had. I like that it's... I mean, just, yeah, sidestepping here. It's like, I like that it, it's, it's subtle. It's subtle connections. Not like... Just referring to the incident. I mean, they don't live in New York, so they wouldn't be doing that. But I mean, you have a bunch. You you have a bunch of kids who live in this world where superheroes exist, but they never talk about it. You think, oh, we have powers now. You never once even refer to like just because we have powers doesn't mean we're like the Avengers or something well, I like. Guess it's that. like you know, teenagers they live in a bubble. Like you know, what's happening in their lives is the most important thing in the world. I don't know. That's yeah, it's true. But it's just but they're talking about potentially Cloak and Dagger having a crossover. With, with and they've never really cemented if Cloak and Dagger was part of the MCU. Anyway, anyway, let's let's step back into what we were. Well, I think talking I think about. it was because they involve it involves the rocks on the rocks on, yeah. but that's appeared in other things as well. But I guess that could be your legitimate connection. Hashtag <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> you know, Kevin Feige's come out and said that with you know Loki and all these MCU TV series, he's like, well, they really, really are connected. <laughs> Hashtag, Hashtag really are connected. <laughs> Uh, Blade. I wonder if that'll be connected. Because um, that's Blade is Blade started. Oh man, back in ninety eight, before X Men, but now before Spider Man is back part of uh, Marvel Studios. Marvel have blown the rights. Yeah. Yeah. New line. This is before this twentieth century yeah. Fox deal and all that crap. But anyway, Marvel is currently planning an R rated Blade movie, and it said that Wesley Snipes is likely to him to be involved in the project. Now I'll just tell you, if if Wesley Snipe comes back, plays Blade again, would he take that Guinness World Record off Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart for being the longest Marvel character? 
I would say yes. Because I don't yes. know. Yeah. And yeah, okay. So, if you want to, okay, if people don't know, so Guinness Book of Records, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, they got the award for playing the characters for the longest. And was that specifically? It was a Marvel, Marvel movie right. character. Okay, because I was thinking to myself that back in 1990, John Wesley Ship played the Flash yes. in the CBS. I TV thought about series, that as well. And then he yep. played the character again in Elseworlds mm. in the latest crossover. Okay, but strictly Marvel. Strictly Marvel. Then they are correct. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, if they're the guidelines and Snipes come back, comes back and plays Blade again, then it would qualify. I would love Ian McKellen to just pop up in Dark Phoenix. He just, I know, and just be like, screw you guys, Pat I'm taking Stewart's it. his mate. Though. I'm I taking think, it. I don't think you'd do it to I'm him. I'm taking it. <laughs> I don't think you'd do it to him. But th- this is potentially going to confuse people. Yes. If he reprises his role. But what I can say for me personally... I would love it to happen. And I don't care. I wouldn't. I'd Do you just think be okay with it. Marvel would be in a position where they would put out a property made by them, but not have it hashtag not connected? No, I think they'd have it all connected. So they would say Blade is a yeah. part of the MCU. That's what that's what they would do. Yeah. Then they should definitely... Unless Wesley Snipes is just a cameo, plays a... But know, there's more to the story. There is. There's more to the story. Oh, yes, there is. The studio has a script. Holy shit. And um, which sees the Daywalker training his daughter, Fallon Gray. But it's not confirmed, so who knows. But that's what's been the rumour for the longest time. And it, and what's happening is there's multiple sources. It's been talked about more and more. And whenever Snipes is asked about it, he's like, meetings are happening. We're talking about it. We've got a script. We like the direction. You know, so there is something there. So they could have it coming back and have Blade in a small capacity because I think it was last year they were looking like Marvel Comics were looking at putting out a miniseries about Blade's daughter and it was close to what they were talking about doing on the big screen and then that comic just disappeared from the release schedule right. it's no longer a thing mm. so I'm, think, I'm thinking the movie could be that Blade's daughter and then maybe Snipes will play like he'll be there in the Whistler role not playing Whistler but playing like in pl- fact, you know what? So Holy playing Blade? Shit. Holy shit! Maybe not. Maybe instead of Chris Christopherson, they bring in Snipes to play Whistler. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't. He know. doesn't have fangs, therefore he's not Blade. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, Snipes does still look like Blade. Here's a hypothetical: If he was to come back and play Blade, could they have a reboot of Blade? So. Ignoring the previous ones, but have the same actor play the character. Is so that, essentially, is that do a, a in-house MCU reboot of Blade. With the same actor reprising the role as I mean, the character. Can it be I done? Mean, I mean, they could. I think... It'd be like the opposite of what lot, they did with the Hulk. A lot of people <laughs> know what Marvel Studios are now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've had Spider-Man, but I think people know that Tom Holland is the MCU Spider-Man. Right. They're not going to expect to see Andrew Garfield turn Maguire. So I think, and that movie was 98, and then there was, you know, the two sequels. It's been a long time since they wrapped that up. Like, what was it? I mean, mid 2000s that they finished Blade Trinity? Yeah. And even then, that movie originally was sent to be like spinning off the, what was it, the Night Stalkers? And you had the Jessica Biel character, you had Ryan Reynolds. Hannibal, played by Ryan Reynolds, and that never took off. I would be happy to see Snipes come back as Blade. If the Netflix thing had not gone away, it would have been really good to have seen a Netflix that would have been series. That the perfect spot for it. It really would And have. I still wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would have, I would have watched that. Saying that, I mean, I watch all of them. I've just finished Punisher. <laughs> I watch all the Netflix shows. 
Ghostbusters, we've got some new news. The new movie from Jason Reitman is about a single mum and her family who have mysterious ties back to the original 1984 movie. A little bit of casting, Carrie Coon, uh, she's from the TV series Leftovers and other things, I guess. And Finn Wolfhard, right. the Stranger Things kid. So when you say these characters have ties to the original movie... So I say characters, mean... I'm, I'm going to say the mum has ties. So ties that are created in this movie? No, I'm, or... think, I'm thinking the person that come When I read this, the person that came to mind straight away is the university student... She's with Peter Venkman at the beginning of the movie with the wavy lines. Okay. Yikes. I'm thinking her. But it's You're going right. to be... Yeah, but it's a character. But she never popped up again, did she? She didn't. Yeah. Until now. <laughs> she's, ah. And then she's back still, and she's, she's got a kid a and weird things are happening. She's like, hey, I remember this guy. And it's interesting. I like that they're not only... I mean, it's not 100% confirmed yet, but bringing back the original Ghostbusters, whether they do or not, it's set in that world. But I'm thinking if the, the guys came back for Answer the Call in 2016, they'll come back for this. But oh, even definitely. if even if they don't and they're, they're in this world somewhere, they're referenced, but just having ties to that first film, yeah. I love that approach. I don't know how it ends up there, but maybe the plot could be this family like buys this farm or wherever that thing, that barn is, a lot of land, and then it's like, oh my God, there's a... There's that car. Or do you think maybe... And then that's the ties. Like, it's not literally yeah. a ties I, I do, movie. But... I think it's a character, personally. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe. My thought on that teaser is that... Because we're here. The reason why they can go into business for themselves in the first place in that first movie is Ray sells his family home, which he inherited. Oh, uh, Maybe yeah. that's what the farm was. And then, after years of ghostbusting, it goes back and buys us a farm. And it's Ray that's tinkering in the barn. Okay, yeah, that's right. But either cool. way, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm really better. liking the approach to having a connection to that first one. Oh, definitely, 100%. Hulk Hogan. Here we go. Chris Hemsworth is set to play Hulk Hogan um, in an upcoming biopic. Uh, we've got Todd Phillips set to direct. I really want to see it. Yeah? Sounds great. Hulk Hogan I mean, you've not given me a lot, but I love it. Is Hulk Hogan the appeal? As a character, Chris Hemsworth as an actor, Todd Phillips as a director. There's three elements there. I'm on board for all of them. You know, years and years ago in an interview, Hulk Hogan was asked, if they were to make a movie about your life, who would you like to play you? And this was around the time of the first Thor movie. Oh, And Hulk Hogan's like, there's this guy, Chris Hemsworth, playing a Marvel superhero, him. Fast forward to now, and it's happening. All right. So he's happy. Hulk Hogan's happy. I mean, if you put them side by side, one looks different to the other. Like, you know, ah, yeah, one's a strapping Australian and the other <laughs> one's a bald American wrestler. But hey, it's going to be it's gonna be fun times. Bond 25, we've got a little bit of casting news. But at this stage, Rami Malek is in talks. But I'm very interested. Well, he's the best actor. He is for Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> as we mentioned earlier. So he's in negotiations. Final negotiations I should say to start as the Bond villain as the villain or the villain or our villain the villain Ooh. and this as we know is Daniel Craig's fifth outing as 007 also his last maybe they can give Malik like prosthetic teeth and he can be Jaws no <laughs> no 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 he I'm really honestly I've never seen Mr. Robot but now I want to I'm, mm. 
I'd never really seen him until Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And I know he was playing a character. I'm very a character. I mean, the a person. I'm very familiar with Freddie Mercury, but he was just phenomenal, mesmerizing. The man that. clearly I don't Yes. So the idea of having him <laughs> being potentially the last villain that Daniel Craig yeah. goes up against as Bond has me excited. So final talks at this stage. Hopefully, Rami Malek is the next Bond villain. Yeah, that'd be cool. It all be cool. Uh, Rambo Five. Last Blood lands September 2019. Which is soon. Really soon. That's September. I've got no interest <laughs> in Cowboy Rambo, though. And that's what we're getting. A lot of what Stallone is sharing on social media. It's right. just him dressed as a cowboy. He's just wearing a hat. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's a tucked in flannel shirt. That's, you know, big belt buckle. I mean, that wouldn't just be a departure far from where this, you know, this, these movies started. That would be a departure from... You know, Rambo 4. But I want a sequel to Rambo 4. <laughs> Give me a sequel yeah. to Rambo because that movie, holy wanna... shit, that is, a, that is an awesome, But I awesome want a movie, movie like Rambo. Like, I don't want to... Like, yeah, like Rambo, Rambo first 4. One. Yeah, Ram- yeah, I, yeah, we're the same. Like, we're saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like... Yeah, but it sounds like, like they're not back, doing that. I could go back and watch First Blood and... I think they're going to go back... But saying that, though, apparently it's something to do with the Mexican cartel... Uh, uh, the daughter of a friend of Rambo is taken, and he goes to Mexico. And I mean, that sounds all. That sounds right. That sounds. It does, but it's the execution, though. Are we going to get First Blood, or are we going to get Rambo? Like I said, I want, I want muddy, really grim in the jungle kind of Rambo, not bright out in the sun. But you know what? Sand. I don't Bottom know. line, I think we're both watching it. Yeah, I think so. And we might end up talking about it here. Maybe Rambo. <laughs> Scooby-Doo there's a new animated <laughs> movie coming to the big screen Will Forte Gina Rodriguez and Tracy Morgan are to star in the untitled Scooby-Doo movie Rodriguez will play Velma Forte will voice Shaggy and Morgan will voice Captain Caveman yes Captain Caveman not a member of the Scooby gang no as a kid I can't explain why loved him as a character Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Wow, you remember? It was a favourite. Wow, okay. I used to watch it a lot. Like every Saturday morning, I would watch Captain Caveman, and the and each episode was pretty much the same. I did not but know I, Captain Caveman was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a thing. So you know, it's one of the Hanna Barbera characters. But in this movie, yes, he's going to be obviously voiced by Tracy Morgan. So I'd imagine he's going to have like a big presence in the movie. But the film will also see other characters from the Hanna-Barbera universe. The plot of the movie is that something happens and they have to team together to take down the evil Dick Dastardly. He's the big bad. Dick Dastardly. The guy from Wacky Races. I'm expecting Mutley. So this is interesting. This is a big movie. This this isn't just like a... No, this is a big theatrical movie. Warner Brothers. Not directed. Not directed DVD. Nope. And it's wow. slated for May 2020. That's when we're getting it. There's a little more to the story, though. Mm. That's the good news. I'm wondering where Matthew you know, Lillard um, is. Yeah, Matthew <laughs> Lillard. Well, he didn't actually know that Warner Brothers had recast Shaggy, the character that he'd been playing for 30-plus movies by this point, surely. <laughs> but he didn't know until he went on Twitter. And then, oh, and he, um And he found out... That way. Now, Lillard, if you're unfamiliar, he played Shaggy in 2002's 
Scooby-Doo and 2004's Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. He has voiced the animated version of the characters since original voice actor Casey Kasem retired from the role in 2009. So from that point, it has only ever been two people. Matthew Lillard was the current one. Like just beginning of last year, we did our review of... Uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold meets Scooby-Doo, which was great. And there's heaps of these animated Scooby-Doo movies. There's one where they meet Kiss. There's a WrestleMania one. And they put at least, it's got to be two out a year. Mm. So to put them out, it's a well-oiled machine by this point. And they've got the same cast. And poor Matthew Lillard, because he's great as Shaggy. Oh, yeah. It and does. the fact <laughs> that original actor Casey Kasem literally passed the baton to Lillard, like, I can't go on. <laughs> You're going to take this role. And then he just finds out on social media. It's a, it's a bit dog. It. It's a bit dog. It's a bit Scooby-Doo dog. The question is, if they continue to churn out more, you know, direct home video release ones, will Matthew Lillard still be... I can't see Will Forte doing these That's TV it. ones. Yeah, so it's like... So, mate, okay, so let's say that still happens. And you're Matthew Lillard. Right, okay, so when you're playing, paying the big bucks, when you're putting it on the big screen where more people are going to see these things, you don't want me? You're just going to reserve me for TV? Mm. It's a I mean, bit shit. He did have his movies, yeah, it's 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 not nice. And he did go for a period, and he's been open about this, where he was embarrassed by those Scooby-Doo movies. Because <laughs> he, you know, he was in Scream, he did all these other movies, yeah. and then he was pigeonholed as being, like, oh, he's the guy from that kid's movie. And it really hurt his career for a time, but then obviously he fully embraced the role and he's just gone with it since. Because as an actor now, he's got to be like mid-40s. Yeah. He pops up every now and then in some film, but they're very supportive, very cameo appearances almost. So that's officially the most time we've ever spent talking about Scooby-Doo. Well, no. Tell a lie, we did a review. We did, yeah. <laughs> we did a review, but that was part and of it, Batman. And it won't be the last. <laughs> um, Space Jam 2, we all know what's happening. LeBron James's, um, yeah, well, it's his. Officially, and it will arrive July 2021. We're happy? We're, we're okay with it. We're okay with it. That's... When that first movie came out, I loved it. Yeah, I don't I, even I like the sports. a bit recently, and it's okay. No, it's, but it's is still it, good. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, Maybe good. I need to do a full rewatch. It's still good. Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck trying to retrieve, retrieve Michael Jordan's like basketball shorts in his house. <laughs> okay. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I, um, I need to go back and do a full rewatch. I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix, actually. I'll go back. But I don't know. I think the idea of there being a new Space Jam for years had always excited me. Now yeah. it's happening. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe I don't know enough about LeBron James because as a kid, even though I wasn't big into basketball, Michael Jordan was like a worldwide Student phenomenon. Yeah. Now, I know the name LeBron James. I've seen him in movies. You know, so I'm, I'm familiar with who he is, but it doesn't have the same impact as putting Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was like a cultural phenomenon. <laughs> but we'll see. And now I think we're at the part of the movie news where we're just talking sequels, specifically the second movie, the original. <laughs> we have Edge of Tomorrow 2 that is officially getting a sequel. Warner Brothers wants to bring back Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt and director Doug Lyman. If they do this, let them do it. Yeah, that yeah. movie was greatly underrated. Surprise Such a good hit. movie. Like, I went in hesitant. I was like, eh, let's go check it out. Whatever. It seems to be one of Tom Cruise's movies that a lot of people haven't seen. And it's one of his best, I would say. It was it's the... thoroughly entertaining. I think it might be. It might have been the movie that made me go, man, Evelyn Blunt is awesome. 
<laughs> she kicks ass in this movie. She's really good in that. But what I liked about what Tom Cruise was bringing into it, though, <laughs> is he wasn't playing the cocksure hero. Like, he was... Yeah, he was a douche. He, was, he had... He had fears, and you know, he wasn't the overly confident guy that you'd mm. often associate with Tom Cruise. Still running a lot, still a lot of running. He's his thing. It's, <laughs> it's his thing. He got on a motorbike as well, more than once. But yeah, no, keen for that. Um, yeah, you said sequels, A Quiet Place, Emily Blunt as well. <laughs> um, John Krasinski will return to direct A Quiet Place 2, which is scheduled to come to cinemas May 2020. And of course, Emily Blunt expected to return. Throw that in there. I did enjoy that first movie, yeah. and I was disappointed. I think we spoke about it on here before. Disappointed I didn't watch it at the cinema. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good movie, actually. So it's, it's, it's short. It could have been longer. I don't know if a second one needs to happen. I mean, I'll watch it. It works I'm as a, a one and done, but, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. Like if, if they think there's a story to tell, then and he's going to come back as director, so, yeah. Cool. Escape Room 2. <laughs> Another sequel. Now we did a we did a review. We'll we did recently. <laughs> recently we did. Yeah, uh, Columbia Pictures is developing a sequel to Escape Room. Adam Robitel, the filmmaker behind the first installment, will return alongside screenwriter Braggy F. Schutt and producer Neil H. Moritz. I'm assuming we're going to get a new cast of characters. Now we talked about in our podcast or when we did our review, potentially where it could go. That maybe they could continue it. But, I would but be if they okay. did that, it would be like it would change genres. It would be a completely different movie. But our conversation went off the rails, and we were talking like a full-on action movie, <laughs> like <laughs> like Jason Bourne style. Well, that's what they kind of set up without giving too much away. Like it's and if you've not seen that first movie or listened to our review, Escape Room centers on a group of strangers who are told they are competing for a ten thousand dollar prize, but they have actually signed up for a deadly game. What sort of death? And you know what? Right, that brief summary. Great concept. Well, yeah. But did they execute? Check out our review. <laughs> <laughs> it could just fall into sort of, you know, like a Final Destination franchise sort of thing where it's like, yeah, new characters, here are some deaths. New characters, here are some deaths. Each movie. But that's it. Again, like, you know, the plot, you could just adapt that and just cast. Just do it whoever. again and again and again. And, but you, and you could. More bigger, like bigger, more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Candyman reboot. <laughs> well, not a reboot, remake. Remake, yeah, case. not a sequel. Um, Yaya Abdul Mateen Two. Well done. Thanks for that. Is in talks to star in MGM's new retelling of Candyman uh, with Jordan Peele producing. Producing. If you're unfamiliar with the actor, he was Black Manta in Aquaman. There you go. And he was pretty good. He was pretty good. <laughs> Candyman as a film. Always scared the shit out of me. Yeah, well, it's always. Got, it's got that guy that, like I said, he's in the Final Destinations where he's, he's, got, he's scary. And, and he's shit. got the bees and the mirror oh. saying his name three times. He always freaked me out. He, it's scary. Like, it's, it really yeah, is. It definitely is visually striking a lot of the imagery that they put on the screen there. Because what you're seeing in the movie and what you're being told is that basically all you need is a mirror. Most houses have mirrors. And, and a just ton- say and a working Candyman tongue. three <laughs> times and he will appear. <laughs> Terrifying. So yeah, cool. We yeah. make it. I'll watch <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up our movie news. We'll jump straight into TV news and keep this beast going. Netflix has officially cancelled Jessica Jones and The Punisher, the last two shows in their Marvel superhero lineup. Got to point out, Jessica Jones season three hasn't happened yet. Yeah. We already know it's cancelled. Yeah. we. I mean, what was happening is that, you know, they would release... Um, 
I can't remember the order, but it was like Luke Cage season two cancelled, and then it was like, like a week later, Daredevil season three. Let it sit there for a couple of weeks, and then cancelled. Iron Fist cancelled, and it was like Punisher came out like season two, and then cancelled. And so it was sort of like okay, we're just waiting for Jessica Jones then to be cancelled. But they decided, I guess, to do it at the same time. But it's it's obvious what they're doing. Like you could see they're it. not cancelling shows because they're not performing, which is usually why a show gets cancelled. It's because, you know, the Disney-Fox deal and Disney are pulling all their characters back and the characters need to have been off-air from date of release for two years before Disney can do anything with them. So i got to get it done now. So they're doing it sooner rather than later. So they're not waiting until later in the year for Jessica Jones to air. Let's just cancel it now and then we'll get it back sooner. But Daredevil Season 3 came out. Huge hit. People loved it. Punisher season two, it didn't do a lot for me personally, but people loved it. Like you know, it's a highly rated show. And it's on like you know, never like people are watching. People are watching. They're, they've already paid for the content. They're watching it, not me, but they're watching. <laughs> but it's crazy. But yeah, so Jessica Jones season three will be the last of the Netflix Marvel series that started years ago with yeah. Daredevil. How the duck. Leah Thompson, here we go, has been asked to voice an unspecified role in Hulu's Howard the Duck, according to series writer Kevin Smith. Now, we first talked about this Howard the Duck TV series that is going to be on Hulu in the US last episode. Mm. And we're talking about it again. Yep. And I'm kind of hoping, because, you know, Kevin Smith talks a lot, unlike his character, Silent Bob doesn't say a lot at all. But he talks a lot on his main podcast. you're hoping podcast. there's merit to this. Right? No, I'm just hoping that we're going to get something to say about Howard the Duck every two weeks that we do the show. Oh, come on. <laughs> each, time we, each time we do another episode of Movie Show, we can give a little Howard the Duck update. Leah Thompson. Now, she obviously was the female lead in the movie, I want to say, what was it, 86, 87? Ballpark, yeah. The George Lucas produced movie. And I think that was the first Marvel movie. Pretty sure that's the case. Oh, yeah, theatrical, yeah, possibly. She's playing a different character. Right. So she's not reprising that role, but she's but just her being in it, I think is just brilliant. Love it. I'm bored with that. Titans. Joshua Orpin has been cast as Superboy, a.k.a. Connor Kent in season two. Have you watched Titans? Shaking my head. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> oh, sorted out, mate. It's a good show. It's a good show. But you do get, you've probably heard about it by now because people have talked about it heaps, but you get a, a, Sp- a, Sp- oh, no, a Spider-Man, eh? you get a Superboy tease, but you don't see his face. Right. But he's there. But now we've got an actor. The Titans version of Superboy is described as the angsty teenager of steel, searching for purpose and the truth about his past. While looking for answers, he crashes into the world of the Titans and finds an unlikely home and surrogate family, as well as revelations that carry more complications than he ever bargained for. The thing with this, I'm so familiar with the characters from the comics. Just reading that, I kind of know what it is, and I'd be very surprised if it's not that, but I won't spoil it Has he ever been referred to as the Teenager of Steel? Teen of Steel, yeah. Teen of Steel, for uh, sure. That sounds a little bit better. And uh, Supergirl was referred to as the Maid of Might. There you go. Mm. It was the 60s. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. But, uh, but yeah, this is exciting, man. So we knew Supergirl was... Super, we knew Superboy even was coming, and now we know what it looks like. <laughs> right. A little bit to add to this story. Oh. Uh, just before I got here, 
I read an article about the actor playing Dick Grayson Robin in Titans has been on set of season two with a shorter hairstyle. (laughs) The reason why that is of relevance is because it's more in line with his Nightwing identity than his Robin identity. Which is obviously where we're going to get to eventually, yes. Which which is the hope. I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I will. If you do not watch Titans, watch the show. It's 11 episodes. You have Netflix. My wife is on board. Why did they ever get it? Come on. No, we, Come on, just on. hit pause. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back and I just finished Titans. <laughs> so what did you think? <laughs> yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, cool. Let's now go. let's pause again and go catch up on Doom Patrol. <laughs> all right, Batwoman. Uh, Doug Ray Scott has joined the CW's Batwoman pilot as Jacob Kane. Um, so that's Kate Kane or Batwoman's military father and Batwoman, obviously, we know being played by Ruby Rose. So he's finally done it. Doug Ray Scott. Not a movie, but he's starred, or he's going to start in a superhero TV series. Has he been keen? Is that like a thing? I'm referring to years ago when yeah. he was the first choice to play Wolverine uh-huh. in Brian Singer's X-Men. And he couldn't get out of his contract or like reshoots or whatever on Mission Impossible 2. Right. And he missed out to Hugh Jackman. All these years later, he's playing Batwoman's dad. If you're unfamiliar with the character, Jacob is a former military colonel with a chip on his shoulder for Batman. Um, Jacob Kane now commands Gotham's private security firm, The Crows, and has made it his mission to protect his city better than the Dark Knight ever could. Uh, but it's only a matter of time before his unwavering disdain for vigilantes put him at odds with Gotham's new caped crusader, who happens to be, of course, his own daughter. This is just great. Now, the backstory for Jacob Kane, to my knowledge, it's fairly recent, maybe the last five years. But in that time in the comics, they've really added to the story and the relationships. And if you think about it, who we're talking about here, who is going to be going up against his daughter, Batwoman, is also Batman's uncle. So there's so many interesting things going on here. But this is a world where Batman's gone. If you watched Elseworlds, you'll know something happened. We're not completely clear ourselves, but something happened and Batman's gone. So Batwoman is this big vigilante presence and then just introducing the security firm, The Crows, again, all from the comics. It sounds very good. It's all happening. It's all happening. It it sounds good. It sounds good. And the, the costume that we first got to see Ruby Rose wear as Batwoman looks just like the comics. I'm into this. Warner Brothers is discussing a new Constantine series and reportedly Matt Ryan is the man being sought to resume the role. This is of course Matt Ryan who first played Constantine on the short-lived NBC live-action show. We've seen him in animated movies, Justice League Dark, Constantine City of Demons, we've seen him in an episode of Arrow, we've seen him on Legends of Tomorrow, right? and we might be seeing him again in a new Constantine series, but I don't know which continuity it would fit into, but there is a rumour that Legends of Tomorrow, who is currently a star on, is going to get cancelled, along with Arrow, at the end of their next season. Right, okay. So maybe he's got an opening, and this could be a show that lands on the DC Universe app. I assume they should, you know, keep it all part of the same continuity. And we're getting a Swamp Thing show on DC Universe, and Swamp Thing and Constantine very much go together in the comics. Okay. But wherever they they say he fits, like whether they're going to keep him connected to 
the Arrowverse, the NBC show, I don't care. Matt Ryan as Constantine, I'll take any interpretation because he is that character for me. He's fantastic. Okay, Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a third season on CBS All Access. Uh, Co-executive producer and writer Michelle Paradise uh, will be joining Alex Kurtzman as co-showrunner. Um, CBS All Access has also announced a spin-off Star Trek series featuring Michelle Yell's Mirror Universe, uh, Philippa Giorgio, as well as a comedy series called Star Trek Lower Decks to be developed by Rick and Morty writer, producer, Mike Come on. So lots of so much info dump there. Okay, okay. So a third season of Discovery. Fantastic. Expected. Yeah, yeah. And you touched on the other shows that are coming. An animated comedy. We spoke about that before. So as well as all that, we get the Picard show at the end of the year. Yeah. Is so there, much Star Trek. Is there too much Star nope. Trek? Okay. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> but then again, like... Star I'm, Trek saturation. Michelle Yao's Mirror Universe character I found interesting in Discovery. Would you want to host? I don't know if you want to host it. I guess it depends who they're going to surround her with. Who's the supporting characters? I don't know. We'll come assuming. Is it a limited series? Right. Yes. Yes. Questions. I don't know. I have no answers. But I'm interested, and just the idea that season three is a given. Yeah. More Star Trek. I'm really enjoying Discovery still. So it's good to hear that. NBC has renewed Brooklyn Nine-Nine for a seventh season. Nine-Nine! That's the thing. You want <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> the only episode here and there. People have told me, get on board. I, what are you doing, Jazz? This, I, I will say this is, um, I'm not being too strong here. I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it as a show. It is absolutely fantastic. The The writing on the show, they nail it almost every time. Like The very tight shows, the funny but the cast is incredible. Like, right, the cast is what makes it. Yeah, well. But all of it, like the writing, the cast, and it's absolutely fantastic. The guest stars that they get on here. Now, this is the show that was cancelled by the other network. I think it was Fox. It was on Fox for five seasons. They cancelled it, even though it was a high-rating show for them. NBC picked it up for season six. They then extended the season due to the popularity, and now we're getting a seventh. So it's been on NBC since... Obviously, yes, yeah. it's it's currently on NBC now for its sixth season, and here in Australia, I believe we get it. I think it's on SBS, but it is a fantastic show. And Andy Samberg, I like anyway, and he's great as Jake Peralta. You got Terry Crews in there. It is absolutely fantastic, and I am shocked that you don't actually watch it. I think Netflix have just released season five, so the first five seasons are on Netflix. Right. Is there, do you see this show coming to an end at some point, either by necessity or just running out of steam, or is it still strong? It's still strong. It yeah. is It is still strong. And this is why it was so confusing when Fox cancelled it in the first place, because not only critically was it, you know, referred to, you know, did it get good reviews, like the audience has just loved the show, and myself included. It is, it's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, we often, you know, will post a new story on our Facebook page. And when I post something about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it always gets likes and positive responses. Like, people respond to the show. You know, I could post something about Hellboy, Star Trek. You know, you get the odd, odd interaction, but people always gravitate to news about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's that hashtag Brooklyn Nine-Nine there, on it? Nine-Nine! Okay. Oh, I still can't do it. They could do it great on the show. You need to watch the show to know the reference I'm trying to do. 
Um, a Gremlins animated series uh, surrounding Mr. Wing is in development for the upcoming Warner Media streaming service. We'll get more Gremlins. We're getting animated Gremlins. We're getting another streaming service. We're getting... <laughs> That's happening yeah. as well. <laughs> we yeah, are. so Gremlins is going to be animated. They've been talking about a third movie, a reboot of that original live-action movie. Now they're talking animated series. And you mentioned Mr. Wing there. So he's the old fella. No, the one. That has Mowgli to begin with. So are we in prequel territory? Like, where is it? Is this a period piece? Like, what's going on? I don't know. But anyway. Man, maybe following his adventures. And, you know, like when we first meet him in that first movie, it's like he knows all about. It, and it's like it's at the ben. end of his journey. Yeah. So we're going to get to see young Mr. Wing. Maybe he has all these crazy adventures with them and he will find out how freaking terrible they all are. Yeah. Interesting. Gremlins animated. Okay, new streaming service. And I think it's going to happen more and more. Like, so when we got the Disney Plus streaming service, all of a sudden we're getting a Loki TV service. Yeah. That's not happening without a Disney streaming service, a Scarlet Witch and Vision service, and I think that's going to start happening here. We're going to be getting, I think, adaptions of other Warner Brothers properties. Like maybe they do something with Beetlejuice. I mean that sequel's just not happened. I don't think it's going to happen. So maybe they bring him back in animated form and they go through their back catalogue and we get TV series because they're going to have to fill it. Yeah, with this content. they're just. But I hope that doesn't mean they're just going to churn out shit. I mean, hopefully Gremlins is not shit. But either way, we're getting new Gremlins. Cool. So Lost Boys, we've known that this is going to be a TV series on the CW in the US for quite a while now. Got a bit of casting. Tyler Posey. I believe he's one of the leads in Teen Wolf. I remember being excited about that show. And I watched it and realised there's no basketball. There's no surfing on the Not rooftops. even. Not it's even not, close. It's just Teen Wolf in name only. Yeah. Anyway, that guy, Tyler Posey, <laughs> he will lead the cast of the TV pilot for Lost Boys. Catherine Hardwick, the director of Twilight, will be directing the pilot. So it's like, okay, okay. So we've got the guy from Team Wolf that I didn't like, the adaption of. <laughs> the the director. director of Twilight. I mean, the more I read about it, it's not for me. But I'll read on. Can you remember the Frog Brothers? What the hell are you talking about? The Frog Brothers. <laughs> You've seen Lost Boys. You've got the it's Frog Brothers. It's been a while. It's been a You've while. Corey Feldman is one of them. Oh, two, I, was two thinking, boys I was thinking actual the comic frogs. Store. I was like, what are you no, talking about? No, the Frog Brothers. I thought I was speaking to a fellow Lost Boys fan. I've seen I will just it. speed through like... the story. We can move on to yeah. something you're familiar with. Okay, now I'll tell you the story. <laughs> the Frog Sisters. Yeah, yeah, the, the girls now. So they've, uh, they've gender swapped them. So we're not getting the Frog Brothers. We're getting the Frog Sisters. But they're called the Lost Boys. They're... Oh, Jesus. Look, so the Lost Boys are the vampires. Party all night, sleep all day. Sure. That's their thing. Yep. You need to watch Lost Boys. It's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> okay, right. So the Lost Boys are the vampires. The The Frog Brothers are the kids in the comic store that Sam, played by Corey uh... Hayne, meets up with, and they're young vampire hunters. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? The Frog Sisters are sharp, cool, and slightly goth. <laughs> Slightly. Um, the teenage locals who work at Santa Carla's comic book store until Sam arrives, they think they're the only ones aware of the darkness in the town. But of course, there's more. They're so wrong. This, All right. this TV series is the movie. So I feel as though that movie is my Lost Boys 
I don't need any other Lost Boys. I think it's going to be very team. I mean, it's probably just going to feel like this Team Wolf. This show Vampire is, Diaries. is not for me, but mm. hopefully it finds an audience and they enjoy the Lost Boys. Yeah, good for them. The Haunting of Hill. Can I move on? <laughs> yeah, no, move yeah, on. No, move good, on. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to move on. The Haunting I'm of... very disappointed in your lack of Lost no, Boys no, knowledge. No, I've seen this. It's been a long time. The Haunting of Hill House is officially getting a follow-up and it will not be called The Haunting of Hill House. It will be called The Haunting of Blind Manor. Um, we're going to get it 2020, so next year sometime. Love it. Absolutely love it. Second I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be around the same time, and just like that first season, no Stranger Things. They'll take some time off again. Because it got that same slot, didn't it? Well, that's true. Yeah, we so we'll two... get Stranger Things this year, and yep. then we'll get That's what I think going to happen. Off. We had two Halloweens of Stranger Things, season one and two, and then the third Halloween was Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Fourth Halloween, we're going to get Stranger Things season three, and then the Haunting of, what was it? Bly Manor. <laughs> yes. That's the name be. will stick eventually. Yes, it will. Now that sounds good. Board. So. And the writers, the director, the producers, everybody is coming back from that first season. Do you reckon we'll get the same actors playing different no. characters? No. Okay, no, no. very good. No, I don't think we will. We're going to get new actors. What if we did? New cast of characters. I'd kind of be okay with it. Oh, yeah, but they've done that in American Horror Story. That's and true. I've got the time for that. <laughs> but I'm into it. Uh. I loved The Haunting of Hill House. And to get more of that, but they're going to be looking at a different location, right, different yeah, characters, yeah. but then it's the same writers, director. Yeah, Tyler, give me more. Yep, yeah, cool. That's it for our news. And man, yeah, it's uh, been a long episode. So we'll wrap this up real Blame quick. Blame the Oscars. Blame the Oscars. <laughs> uh, recommend. I'm going to recommend something that I've only watched three episodes of, so bear with me, but I'm bloody loving it. Teen Wolf. The Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. On Netflix. Oh. This is based on a comic book series created and written by Gerard Way, who is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, and illustrated by Gabriel Barr. So I've come into this fresh. I've never read the comics, and as and this is rare for me, watching a comic book adaption with superpowers where I don't know what's going to happen. Thoroughly enjoying it. If you're unfamiliar with the Umbrella Academy, it follows a disbanded group of superheroes who reunite after their adoptive father, who trained them to save the world, dies. So it's just surrounded in mystery. And again, I've got nothing to refer to. I'm just watching it as it happens. It is interesting. If, you're, if you've never seen it and you don't know what it is, I guess you could compare it to X-Men, I guess. You've got the like professor and then you've yep. got the students with powers. But it's really good. It's gory. The effects are great. The storytelling is on point, And I'm really enjoying it. I could get to the end and maybe not recommend it. But three episodes in. Things change, yes. I'm recommending it. Because I've got other shows lined up that I want to watch next. But I'm pushing them to one side to continue with Umbrella Academy. That's how the show should be. It should be like, nah, you keep watching me, yes. And I did. I held the show back as my reward for, pu- for finishing Punisher Season 2, which was a drag for me. And I'm glad that I finished Punisher and that I earned my reward. And I'm thoroughly enjoying The Umbrella Academy. Okay. I've had a I've had a recommend on the back burner. I wasn't going to play it until I eventually had nothing else to recommend. I have nothing else to recommend. So here it is. Um, it's the Capitol Studios Sessions album. Um, the debut studio album by Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. It was released in November. I listened to it on Spotify. I love it. I mean, you are 
the biggest Jeff Goldblum fan that I know. I'm and I've I wondered, have you listened to this? Yeah. Is, is it really good? It's like, I'm not a hell jazz guy, but like, I was like really into it. And like, there's, like, there's Jeff Goldblum sort of like doing some dialogue and stuff in between tracks. He's talking to some of the guest performances that are involved, and he's just sort of ban. You know, there's the usual sort of Goldblum banter and purring is he purring at all he often purrs when i hear him in he, interviews yeah he makes noises <laughs> he and does, stuff he does make noises <laughs> he's like he flirts with like you know sarah silverman who's on there oh and, is she on that yeah yeah and oh. a comedian like, yeah no, no, I know she her. does a few tracks that's stuff. the little girl from Ricky Ralph. Uh, yes but she's an adult <laughs> so she's a, um yeah till broner amilda may Haley reinhardt sarah silverman yeah all like guest sort of performers 14 tracks, 57 minutes of sweet Goldblum goodness. So it's good enough to listen to on Spotify, but is it good enough to buy an iTunes or compact no, I mean, disc? I'm, I'm pretty cheap. <laughs> Look, if I come around it and it's like I find it for 10 bucks, I'll pick it up. Until then. So you're recommending something you're willing to pay $10 for? Well, look, well... I'm willing to, to spend $10. Hey, listen, it recommends, $10. A, it recommends a recommend. I'm, I'm glad that you found many it people, and you enjoyed it. How many it? people are willing to spend 10 bucks? on a CD in 2019. I haven't bought a CD this year, <laughs> but the last CD I bought last year was Liam Gallagher's self-titled album, okay. which is bloody brilliant. Hey, no double dips in the recommends. $20 I paid for that. No double dips. So the Capitol Studios sessions. My next recommend is more of a just add-on. <laughs> it's not, it's kind of a recommend. And it's something I want to talk to you about, actually. You know, Kevin Smith is making his new movie, Jane Silent Bob Reboot. What he's actually doing on YouTube, he's got a channel and three times a week he's going to upload a new segment of Road to Reboot. So the clip goes for three, four minutes and he does three chapters or three entries per week. And I've watched all three so far. Loving it. He actually legit just did like a third recommend. <laughs> it's really good though. I was looking up at your Jane Silent Bob action figures from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back here in the studio Whoa. and they look pretty cool. But yeah, I wanted to, just to put it out there, like again, my recommend is the recommender put forward, but it's worth checking out. Like he's, he's very candid as he always is, like talking about the process. But in, I think it was like chapter two and he stood there and they're doing the whole Jane Silent Bob thing. So Kevin Smith standing there silent and Jay's the one that's supposed to be talking, but he keeps fluffing his lines. So then Kevin Smith has to just take over. It's funny. But you check it out. <laughs> Road to Reboot on YouTube. I don't even, even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> we need to actually wrap this up. And so my we... fourth recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of trivia before we go then. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna have it Oscar-related. Oh, okay. excitement yeah, good, on yeah. your face. Oh, good. you're like, yes, I'm, I'm ready for this. Well, I felt we'd, we'd given 10 minutes to the Oscars nah. at the beginning of nah, the show. Gotta, okay, back to the Oscars. Full circle. Okay. Walt Disney has won more Oscars than anyone else. I went to a quiz last night, <laughs> and that was one of the questions, really? and I got it wrong. <laughs> what was the question? Who's won the most? Yeah. yeah. Was it Walt Disney? Was I'm that the answer? Yeah, that was the oh, answer. At least they were correct. At least I'm yeah, correct. Yeah. No, you are correct. Cross-checking our facts. I checking. didn't pick him. Should have. Because it's obvious. Mm. He was nominated for 64 awards wow. and won 26. This was in his lifetime as well. Okay, cool. So if that, just to put in context, we're not talking the whole span of Disney. Um, composer John Williams is the second most nominated person with 47 Academy Award nomination and counting. Um, and any wins? 
Yes, but I haven't written them down. Okay. So yes, yes, all right. Thank we you. We could for edit it, and you could put them in. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. If people don't hear no, an edit, this, you didn't take this. We've out. come this far. We've come this far. <laughs> Catherine Hepburn holds the distinction of winning the most Oscars for acting. Um, and what we, were the movies? No, I didn't write them down. <laughs> with four Academy Awards and a total of twelve nominations. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Oscar trivia. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. And that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And don't forget our new website, thatfilmsdupodcast.com. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our recent review of Escape Room and keep a lookout for our upcoming review of Captain Marvel. Sounds Like Comics have a recent episode looking at The Punisher Season 2 and Rewind and Review recently visited 1971 for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh yeah. You've been listening <laughs> to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film studio. See you soon. Yeah.